Pass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are talking lessons from Summer League and what comes next. Uh, Portland wrapped up its... It's there, I guess, is what we use in, in this country. They were the Blazers wrapped up their run in summer league on Sunday with a loss to the Miami Heat in a consolation game, their fifth and final game in Vegas. They kind of got thrashed by the Heat. Uh, the game was close until the third quarter. The Blazers got outscored twenty-eight seven in the third, and that was that. Summer league ended with a whimper, not with a roar. But um, I want to talk about kind of. What we saw in Vegas, what that means for the future, where the roster stands, and then I want to talk about some moments I enjoyed from Vegas because, you know, if if they're they're there for a week, uh, and we got to watch him for a week, and I think we saw some, I think there was some some meaningful stuff and some really enjoyable stuff, and I want to share that to close the show. Uh, it, it, like I said, ended with a whimper. They got throttled in that third quarter and lost the Miami Heat. The games don't matter. Uh, like, if they win the championship, it matters. But if they lose, they, then you can just dismiss it outright. Doesn't matter. Meaningless. <laughs> Entirely. Um, the, maybe there was some poetic justice by the Blazers getting, or I don't know, maybe there was something poetic. Justice is probably not the right word, but the Blazers getting thrashed by the Miami Heat. Um, you know, Orlando Robinson uh, Heat's, Heat Big Man had a monster game, and if you're dreaming of including him in your Blazer deal, here's the problem. Orlando Robinson signed a contract this summer, and free agents who signed standard NBA deals can't be traded till December 15th. Are the Blazers going to hold up a deal with the Miami Heat over Orlando Robinson until December 15th? Hopefully not. He's good though. Like he could, like he would, he'd be the Blazers' second best center right now, like by, by a mile, considering that the second best center they have on the roster is Ibu Baji. But um, you know, this is not a show about necessarily specifically the sort of Damian Lillard and the Miami Heat. This is more about the Blazers in general. I think what typically, you know, I've done this podcast for many moons, uh, about five years. Um, uh, it is typically what we do at the end of summer league is like okay. Here's what we learned, and here's what's next. And there's like, okay, this guy, like, back in 2017 was Caleb Swanigan, right? Caleb Swanigan played well enough in su- in Summer League to earn a legitimate chance to be in the rotation in in, in the fall, right? Like, he, that's, that's a young man that looks, he looks solid in Summer League, deserves absolutely a chance to play. Or it's um, guys who are kind of on the edge of the rotation who, like, they, you know, are in the rotation, but the, the Blazers need them to take a big, like a bigger step forward, like a Pat Connaughton or an Alan Crabb who've been there in the past. And, and the Blazers are like, yeah, okay, we're going to, they're going to, they're going to really get there and they're going to, they're going to be really good. And, and then it's going to, it's going like, to propel them to take that next big step forward after they do it um pretty much the roster guys who participated in this for the blazers based on what the roster looks like right now are just gonna play like there isn't like oh maybe jabari walker earned himself minutes jabari walker earned himself minutes by just the state of the roster chris murray he looks you know um he has some limitations but he's like knows how to play basketball plays hard play smart um like he kind of has to play Scoot Anderson, gonna play. Shane Sharp, gonna play. Uh, you know, the non-roster guys, I don't think John, John Butler Jr. has a spot in the rotation. Um, 
Ibu Baji would have to play because they don't have another center, but I can't imagine they let that become the case. Those are two two-way guys. Um, you know, Keon Johnson didn't play in summer league. Would have been nice to see where he fit, where he fits. Like the Blazers are kind of already a little crowded at the guard spots, but you know, throw Keon into the mix. But like, just just judging by where they stand now, like typically you would say, okay, here, here's what the roster looks like. The roster looks incomplete. So it's kind of what I want to talk about, but like the roster just looks incomplete. So leaving Vegas, here's what we know. I think Scoot Henderson is, here's what's hanging over the team. The future of Damian Lillard is the, is murkying up the entire waters. Is Dame going to be on the roster? If he is on the roster, is he going to be involved, right? Like, or is he going to have, is he going to get plantar fasciitis and just miss a little bit of time and then magically heal up three weeks before he gets traded or something, right? Like, what's the Dame situation? And that's like, and the way this breakup is going to go is just, it's clouding the future of this team. So let's, let's, I'm going to move forward in this um, show, kind of assuming that Dame is not involved in the plan. If Dame's there, he's by far the best player on the team. Like he's he's an all-time great player, all-time great player in franchise history. Like, it, it, you know, it, it 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 makes things a little trickier. But I I'm gonna move forward, like, because I assume that Damian Lillard will be traded sometime in like late August or September. They'll finally send him to Miami. But like, so let's here's kind of where things stand. If you were to assume that Damian Lillard is involved in in it, I think Scoot and Ant are your starting backcourt. I don't think um, every time is just better than Shaden Sharp like this. So you want to play a better player and Scoot Henderson is, de- is the point guard. He is, he's absolutely the point guard. Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic. I, I, that's your five. I don't think that's, I don't, you could argue like Shaden Sharp has a start, but you can't argue that he is better than those players. You could argue he's better than Matisse Thibel, but he's not. He's going to play more minutes than Matisse. I've mentioned this a bunch of that I view Matisse Thibel as a perfect low minute starter. I think he's going to be that. Off the bench, Shea Sharp's going to play a bunch, 30-some minutes a night. Nadir Little's going to play. Jabari Walker's going to play. That's eight of the non-Dame. They only have two more guys. Keon Johnson, I don't really see a role for him. Chris Murray has to play. The people who can conceivably play forward on the roster, Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, Nazir Little, Jabari Walker, Shane Sharp. Uh, Shane's going to play a little bit too because he's going to have to because there's spots there. So, like... There isn't, no one earned minutes in Summer League. They earned minutes by virtue by being on the roster. This is why I kind of think a trade is inevitable for the Blazers. If they were really preparing to say, hey, we're just going to, we're going to do it. We're going to like, we're going to, we're just going to move forward. We're, we're done. We're done sort of like considering this trade stuff. The the deal stinks for Miami and we're, we're out of here. Like they would have just added one other player or, you know, a couple other minimums here or something or some non-guaranteeds like and move forward with with a roster that that is like much closer to full and they might do that here like it's the middle of july they might do that here um as as free agency wraps up at the end of july and into august august is usually typically in the nba like a vacation month for the league so um we will see but like training camp starts or media day is october 2nd training camp is going to start october 3rd for basically the entire nba so um they got. I assume they will get it wrapped up sometime in September. Like if you're scoring at home, the Donovan Mitchell trade happened in September. Uh, I don't. If if there is a Donovan Mitchell like scenario where a Magic team swoops in and trades for Dame, that's a good news for the Blazers. I I personally don't see. I don't think that's particularly likely. But um, I guess that's what you should be rooting for is that another team swoops in with a bunch of assets and makes the Blazers whole. Um, unless you really are into Nikola Jovic, and then, congrats. <laughs>
<laughs> that's I got great news for you. He, he might be a Blazer pretty soon. Um, but like summer league is typically the time we say, here's the young guys and here's where they're f- going to fill in. The Blazers roster just like this is what it is. So what do what else do they need? Assuming this is the situation, these ten guys plus Dame. Even if you include Dame, eleven players with with four roster spots open. The NBA has a new rule this year: you can dress fifteen for every single game. No, no, like reasonable team plays more than like no reasonable team plays more than ten. No NBA team plays more than eleven. Last year, the Houston Rockets would play twelve on a lot of nights. Stephen Silas got fired in related news. Um, it is. Even even if they do nothing and Damian Lord opens camp, they need more bodies. Let's talk about who those bodies have been rumored to be and, and, and just in general what that might look like in the second segment. First, I want to tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play prize picks on my phone, on the app, but you can also play it on prizepicks.com. And how it works is you're picking entry of players in whatever sport you want. You can even mix and match match sports and you go over or under the projections set by prize picks. So I play basketball and the stat lines they're setting are points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Um, I'm not I'm not confident enough in my sports knowledge to go outside of the NBA, but if you're looking to go outside the NBA, you can do that because they got every sport you can imagine. Like I said, you can mix and match sports. So if you're feeling good about a soccer about a soccer bet and you also want to get on WNBA this summer, right there for you. MLB WNBA crossover, right there for you on the Price Picks app. And if you're a first time user, you can go to PricePicks.com or download the app and use the promo code Locked On to get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That means you put in a hundred bucks, they'll match you a hundred bucks. If you put in fifty bucks to get started, they will they will match you with $50. So make sure when you sign up to use that promo code locked on. All right. So like we said, like I said, we didn't say anything. The Royal we, I said, Blazers got 10 guys plus Dame. So let's call it 11. Um, if Dame is there and playing on opening night, one, it's just going to be weird. But um, two, like it, it does, it does make the rotation a little more complicated. But if he isn't, and, and and obviously, like when if they do complete a trade, there's going to be you know two or three players coming back to the Blazers, and based on the sort of state of their roster, both of those folks are going to play. If it's three people who come back, those those probably all those dudes will be in the rotation just because like based on what it looks like. But regardless of what they do, they have eleven guaranteed roster spots. Still, their full MLE. They're not. They're not going to use the the full MLE. They're not going to pay someone a whole bunch of money to come to come in and, and play for this team. They are building like one of the other reasons it's like to me pretty clear and obvious that they're just like set, like eventually they're 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 heading into a rebuild regardless because like look at the roster look at the roster even if you think Matisse Thybul and Jeremy Grant are like win now type pieces um, which they are like they're adults Jeremy Grant is in his prime or 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 you could even argue like facing the last couple seasons of his prime uh, but like c- certainly in his prime uh, and Matisse Thibault's 26 like th- heading right into it but like Thibault on his own is, is like a you know borderline NBA starter um, Jeremy Grant is like a totally good NBA player but he's not a, he's not like a tier one type of star that's going to lead you to the promised land every Simons might be really good like he's he's a very good offensive player if he even gets a little bit better on defense he's going to be really good he's 24 he's got um, a chance to be a very very good player in the NBA still it, like um, I think there is an idea that maybe that Ant is like sort of a finished product and I do think that Avery Simons is close to what he'll be but sharpening the edges of his game better playmaker gets to the foul line you know four percent more each year over the next three seasons um, 
as compounding interest. I don't know how compounding interest works. So if you're smart, uh, I apologize for that dumb joke. Uh, but like he'll, you know, I, there's there's reason to believe that they have like whatever young veterans in the roster that can get better and Thibel and 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 uh, and Ants and and Jeremy Grant, who's like firmly just like a good NBA starter, right? But Scoot Anderson's 19. Yusuf Nurkic is the only center on the roster. The the rest of the depth is, you know, Shane Sharp, Nazir Little, Jabari Walker, Chris Murray, and Keon Johnson, all young people. This is a rebuilding roster. Like, um, they might want to be as good as possible, as fast as possible, as Joe Cronin has said. But what they mean by that is as fast as possible, if as fast as possible means 2026. Um, as quickly as they can get to 2026. That's what that's what Joe Cronin means by as fast as possible. Uh, but so regardless of what they do, um, they still need to get bigger. Like for me, three, four roster spots. Like I'm saying three because maybe they carry an open spot because um, of the Paul Al- of the Allen Estates checkbook and their need to... Um, maintain flexibility and by that i mean be a little bit cheaper but regardless of what they do they probably need two more centers like two more people who can play center and one more person who can play power forward um just for depth like you just need it even if even if you know both the back end power forward and and third center don't play you just need that for depth period you need to carry three centers in the modern nba um you just i think you just have to uh the blazers chose not to last year and they paid the price for it for for an extended stretch they were really bad but potentially on purpose. Um, Portland has been linked to a couple guys outside of the league, Dante Hall from Monaco and Eddie Tavares for Real Madrid, um, both of whom could help. I can't imagine Tavares comes here. He's, um, you know, he's a little bit older, but he's like playing in the best league in the world in Real Madrid. Like he's one of the best, one of the best non-NBA clubs that there is literally in the NBA and outside of the NBA, um, best clubs in the world, not NBA clubs in the world. But he reportedly, according to the Oregonian, has a $6 million buyout associated with his contract. Um, as far as I understand it, buyouts are not part of the salary cap. So that money is just like from ownership. Is Are the Blazers really going to pay $6 million extra dollars plus salary to get Savares to come over here? Um Maybe, but that seems really unlikely to me. Um, the reason that you have a fat buyout clause like, clause like $6 million is because you want that player to stay on the team. I think Real Madrid's going to get their wish. Can't imagine that happens. Dante Hall from Monaco, I know less about his contract situation, but sure, like sure. He's he's like a 6'10 big. He could he could play um, for what the Blazers are trying to do. Why not? Sounds, sounds, like, a, sounds like a great option. Um, but it, even if it's not those two specific gentlemen, I kind of think that's, it'll be like, take a flyer type of bigs. Like if they're linked to two guys outside of the league, playing in good, good leagues, you know, the, the top of the French league and, and, and the, and uh, the Spanish league. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the way that sort of Cronin has operated recently is that these are, you know, like taking a flyer on folks outside of the league or, or folks that we, you know, sort of someone like me who just like follows the NBA closely, but not uh, the minor league systems, like don't know about and like, you know, see if, see if you, see if you hit, see if it hits, if it doesn't hit, you're trying to be bad anyways, or young, excuse me, you're trying to be young anyways in developing. So it's, it, it's not that big of a deal. Like that, that would be my guess. But regardless, Dame, no Dame, you still need to get bigger. You need three more bigs at a minimum. And then if you were adding a fourth player, I would probably add a veteran point guard to the mix. Um, I wouldn't want to add a point guard that's going to play minutes because I think Scoot Anderson's going to play like 34 minutes a night, 34, 36 minutes a night. The minutes he doesn't play point guard, Anthony Simons will play point guard and has, has been the Blazers backup point guard. Um, and he's like, 
when he's had the ball in his hands, he's been good. So like giving him more minutes with the ball in his hands as a lead decision maker, he's totally capable of being a two in this league. Um, but like Ant is a Ant is a has has shown to be a capable lead guard in the league. Um, you know, he has some he's not like this crazy great playmaker, but he has improved dramatically on that end. Um I wouldn't want someone to eat into the backup minutes that is in Anthony Simons, in part because Shane Sharp is going to play a bunch of minutes at the two. He's going to play minutes at the three. You want Shane Sharp to play 30 minutes a night. It's not a problem with Scoot, Ant, and Sharp rotating those three guards and noting that Shane Sharp can move up and they can play all three together briefly. Like, that's not a problem. All three of those dudes can play 32 plus, which has got to be the goal, right? You got to get them on the court and play them a bunch. Anthony Simons, 36 minutes a night. Pencil everyone in after that. Jeremy Grant's going to play about that much. 36 minutes a night. I wouldn't want a point guard to eat into those minutes, but I would, I do think there's some value and say someone gets, you know, sick for a couple of games and misses the, uh, uh, you know, a Friday, Sunday weekend or, or, you know, at minor injuries where you miss, you know, six games or whatever, having a vet, like having someone who's like been in the league and proven they can play the ish miss of the world. And just like, okay, get in and make sure that we like get, organized so the young guys can like keep doing their thing so like Shaden Sharp has someone to set him up that isn't just like a Keon Johnson Shaden Sharp um show if you don't want that I think there is something to be said for just like this team's not gonna be very good this year they don't want to be very good this year look at the roster they're not attempting to be competitive in any meaningful way um give Keon Johnson as many backup point guard minutes as he could possibly stomach and if he struggles great <laughs> like that then that's like part of part of the plan but i i think obviously the dame trade like hanging over all this the roster's just unfinished and i think one of the ways you will kind of get a sense of when the blazers are um transitioning to what is next and maybe if they've you know because they're gonna be quote unquote patient um but like with with the dame trade and i and Joe Cronin says, if it takes months, it takes months. I I can't imagine this drags on till the trade deadline in February. That seems crazy. I'm having trouble personally from where I sit here today, which is in my basement, thinking that this could drag on into um, even into the regular season. I think the Blazers are going to get some sort of resolution here at some point over the next you know month or so to get um, to find what they want. Like they kind of know what they want, the, and and if there are any other offers out there, the Either the Heat will come up on their offer, the Blazers will come down on their offer, and it'll, it'll get done. That is my guess on how this ends. Obviously, a million other, a million, 28 other scenarios where teams jump in. But I don't think it's, I like, you know, I don't think Dame has this giant, robust market. He's a very specific player. He just celebrated his 33rd birthday. Happy birthday, Dame. Um, you know, he's, he's owed a bunch of money. He's a player that if you think you can win a championship, you trade for. How many teams in the league think they can win a championship next year? Is it more than six? Okay. How many of those teams, more than six teams that think they can win a championship? Let's say eight right now. So it's eight. How many of the eight teams that think they can win a championship have what it takes to trade for Dame and a hole at point guard? Short list, right? Short list. Short list. And if you are a team that thinks adding Dame would jump you into that list, what is that? Like get to like not quite half, get to 11 maybe, 11 teams in the league. How many of those 11 teams need a point guard? It's a short list. It's a, it's it's it just seems to me if you scour the league, um, narrow window. One specific team, Dame has you know used his leverage to make it clear that he only wants to go one place, which has probably killed some of the market a little bit. 
I think this resolution happens sometime this offseason. And regardless of when it happens, the Blazers have to clean up the rest of this roster and get bigger. And I think one of the one of the ways you'll know they're that they're kind of either heading they'll either make the trade, add the players, whoever they add, then that's then they make some decisions beyond that. Okay, we've got a couple guys who can play power forward. Now we just need centers. We'll sign some minimum centers off the street. Welcome, welcome to the program. Here we go. Or if it really stalls out and the Blazers start like actually adding guys to guaranteed contracts who aren't going to be tradable to this roster, then you'll know that maybe the trade stuff is at impasse. I think that is that is worth watching. But again, I'll say it for the one kajillionth time. I think this just like takes care of itself at some point in August. And I, by that, I mean, I think Damian Lillard gets traded to the Miami Heat at some point in August. That is that is my tea leaves reading. I haven't done any new reporting since I have um, had heard that that was likely, but that's like three and a half weeks ago or whatever. No, not even. It hasn't even been that long with the Dame trade. This is like, it's been like a, a very long nine days. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this gets done. Okay, enough Dame stuff, enough. Let's talk joy. Let's talk the best of summer league. My favorite moments from the Blazers in summer league. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Portland has some roster decisions to make. And I had some decisions to make. Like my favorite moments from NBA Summer League. I watched every single second of, of the Blazers Summer League. I really did. I watched the to the tail end um, late because I missed it live because of life. But I on on record, I missed. The, I watched the tail end of Sunday night's game, searching for a moment that might be my favorite. And I've got four that I really enjoyed. These are sort of in order, but sort of not in order. So the I, I got top four things, my favorite things from Summer League. Number four. Jabari Walker's slow motion drives. Jabari Walker was um, kind of up and down offensively. Sometimes, you know, he, he shot it well, but not a ton of volume. Um, he had a, he had a you know quiet night in one of the Blazers' wins. He didn't have he never had one of those games where it's like, whoa! I didn't know Jabari Walker could do that. But he was he's just solid. Um, he does what he does well. I thought they I thought asking him to guard um, Brandon Miller in the game against the Hornets when Miller went off was like a fun challenge for him. The type of thing you want to see young players get asked to do at summer league. But what I really enjoyed from Jabari Walker was not the shooting because the shooting was was in small doses, but he did shoot well for sure um, in Vegas. But it's a slow motion drive. Jabari Walker is not an above the rim type of athlete. Like he's capable of dunking for sure. But he when he's on the bounce, like he has, um, you know, he's he's kind of a one one move, get himself into the paint, use his frame. And he uses his frame to kind of get the ball high, take a little Euro step, a little sidestep, one, two, and finish barely getting off the ground. But he's got great touch around the rim. Like I thought his, for me, one of the, the things I really liked to see from Jabari Walker in in Vegas was his soft touch on those slow motion drives. His ability to slow down, because he's not going to speed you up with crazy athleticism, but his ability to slow down, stay in control, use his strength, and then use his nice little touch. He had jump hooks. He had lefty little push shots. He had two hands to get over and around people. Finishes with a strong right hand pretty well. Um, Jabari Walker slow motion drives and, you know, and seeing someone who I think is going to play like regular real rotation minutes when the, when the, when the year starts, asterisk, asterisk, Damon Lowe trade, but like, um, I enjoyed watching Walker take that step. I think last year in summer league, he was one of those standouts that was like, Hey, Jabari Walker was good enough in summer to see, hey, he might be able to play when they get to the fall. And then when he did have low cameos early in the year, he was like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. And then it became clear that his just decision-making and the shooting, he just wasn't, an, you know, it's like a second-round pick. It's just like wasn't quite an NBA player yet. Grow a little bit, have more opportunity, 
See if in year two, you're ready to be there. Because I thought Walker, the slow motion drive is one of my favorite things from Summer League. Number two was Shaden Sharp's fourth quarter against the Charlotte Hornets. This was a um, coming off the heels. It was the Blazers' third game. Coming off the heels of in game two, where Sharp was just straight up bad. Um, he's just He was bad. It happens. But he had a stinker of a game. Like he had a stinker of a game where it's just like, he was bad on offense, kind of like not really not really getting after it much on defense. And it's like, what's going on with him? Like, is he, is he just tired? Like, is he not, is he not you know, um, is he not in shape to play this, this level of basketball in the middle of July? Like, oh man, dang, like dang, we expect to see more from him. And then he kind of had a quiet first three quarters against Charlotte. I think he shot three of 11 from the, from the floor, uh, you know, nine points through three quarters, another, you know, eight missed field goals, nine points. It's like, dang, dang, he just hasn't had it in summer. And it's like, I'm not going to overreact. I think he's really good. And I think he's going to be really good. But like, uh, you know, it, development is neither guaranteed. It's non-linear and non-guaranteed. Um, so like, sure, maybe he's like, maybe this is the swoop down before you come back up. This is the, the sort of non-linear portion of a 19-year-old becoming a 20-year-old, playing in the league, blah, 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 blah. And then the fourth quarter starts and a minute into the fourth quarter, he gets a steal and a dunk and it just like, boom, I'm ready. And then he had 17 points, shot five or six from the floor. And with 15 seconds left in the game, uh, they play drop coverage against him. And he's like, you drop by pop, baby. Like you, you, you cannot, you have to come up to the screen against Shaden Sharp. Um, defenses will learn that, but playing drop against him is stupid. And he made sure that the Hornets knew it was stupid because as soon as he came around the screen, he took a little hop back, not even like a like a big jump stop, a hop back, just like a little hop back, squared his feet behind the three-point line, cash, Blazers go up by four with under 15 seconds to play, ball game. And that that then they had to foul him, and he scored four more points. But like at that point, he had 13 points in the fourth quarter in, those, in, the, in about, whatever, nine minutes and 40 seconds. Like, okay, this is the guy we expected to see. Game on the line, competitive game. I can I can score. This team can't stop me. His fourth quarter, he had a lefty finish in traffic. He had a driving dunk. Um, like, dude's got a lot of skills. Um, you know, I think he has a chance to be a really special player in this league. Like, really, really good. I think uh, you know he's he's he is sort of that type of athleticism and shooting touch. And if you have both of those items, you have a chance to be very good. Now, obviously nothing's guaranteed, but a chance to be very, very good. But after a quiet summer to have him have those 10 minutes against the Hornets, like, yep, yep, that guy, that guy has still got it. Um, okay, my last two are about Scoot Henderson because he was really the, the big thing for me in summer league. My first is the, the 21 minutes that Scoot Henderson played. He got hurt in the third quarter of game one but he had 15, five and six in those first 21 minutes. He didn't shoot great. Like he shot, he got, he was really hot early making his jump shot and then kind of cooled off a little bit, but 15, five and six in 21 minutes, great pace, great feel in the pick and roll, like clearly a high level player. Um, you know, like you want young players to look like, are you one of the best players in summer league? Immediately, immediately checks that box. Like in the opening four minutes, he's on the court. It's like, yeah, this is one of the best dudes on the court. No doubt about it. He's 19. He's a rookie. You know, he's played two years of professional basketball. And then like certainly being a, 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 that has helped him be, be like more ready than maybe your average teenager who jumps into the summer league. But like Scoot looked as advertised 
fun and talented and all of those things, then gets, you know, bumped on the shoulder by Jabari Smith and they shut him down, unsurprisingly shut him down for the remainder of Summer League. As soon as he goes back to the locker room, there is no way he's coming back out on the court ever again the whole week. He doesn't. But those 21 minutes, um, like, obviously you wish he'd played. You wish he'd played four games and got to see him and all the special things and throw lobs to Shaden Sharp. And I think Sharp would have benefited greatly from, from more scoop minutes. And um, the Blazers would probably have won the Summer League Championship because they were one insane lob with six seconds left and the lead from winning, uh, from going undefeated and making the semifinals and, 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 and you know, having a chance to... to defend their title but those 21 minutes of scoot were really special like he's like okay this guy's got it and you could like if you were excited about him he confirmed all your excitements if you're a little nervous about him it's like don't worry about me but my favorite moment of summer league was the scoot interview the blazers fourth game against the orlando magic while the blazers were putting together an absolute dominant second quarter just rolling over the magic scoot anderson got on the on the broadcast sat on the end of the bench and then eventually stood on the end of the bench and hyped up his teammates while they thrashed a undermanned magic team a magic team without their two lottery picks in the lineup 45 19 at the break scoot anderson is on the mic for like the whole run that blows the game open and makes it an absolute beat down and he's yelling for everybody he's yelling for michael DeBoe, michael devoe excuse me he's yelling for ryan repair he's getting hyped about baji he's getting hyped about a duop wreath he's getting hyped about shaden sharp he's coaching shaden sharp up to run back in transition like all of this while answering questions from espn dude has a special type of charisma um I think he is just wired to be an absolute star in the league. Um, he he has the he has the physical gifts and the sort of um, personality traits that that is absolutely what a star looks like. Scoot is going to be a star in the league. I have no doubt about it. And that interview was just like, okay, this 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 kid is fun. This young man is fun. Uh, and it's like it's just if you've you know if you've been following this saga with me, and I hope you have. I appreciate it. Like. And following the saga with me all summer, it's like you needed a moment of just like un, just fun, just like uncontroversial, un, like just like truly, truly a thing that you could in, enjoy. And Scoot Henderson gave you that with that interview. He, he started to give it to you with those 21 minutes of basketball, but the, the, that interview was like, and particularly him yelling for Ryan Rupert getting a steal and saying cookies on the broadcast, like it's so fun, so fun. I think those are my favorite parts of Summer League. Jabari Walker's slow-mo game, Shaden Sharp's fourth quarter where all the skills were on display and and Scoot Henderson showing the the types of star traits that he has, both on the court and then off the court. There is a great deal of uncertainty ahead for the Blazers, but I think, and I've said this a bunch, I think they're in, they're in an okay spot except for the giant thing hanging over them, right? It's like they have to trade one of the best players in franchise history. For me, like... At worst, the second best player in franchise history. I, 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 I can just keep it there. Is him and Drexler. Bill Wallen didn't play long enough. Longevity matters. But like, um, it, it's they're going to have to trade a franchise icon. A pillar of the last decade of basketball. And that part stinks. But if you just kind of shuffle that aside, compartmentalize that a little bit. They're in a, they're, the foundation is fun. Every time is good. Shaden Sharp is going to be good. Scoot Henderson might be really good. Like they have the makings of, they have a, a great jump start on the rebuild, and whatever they do next will inform how 
from the initial jumpstart that has taken two full years to be clear but two full years um kind of getting ahead of the game the next step they take will inform how sort of how far they go on on this rebuild how quickly they accelerate it and guess what we'll cover it all right here five days a week wherever you get podcasts also on youtube tell your friends about the show i appreciate you listening i'll talk to you soon